Oh, we're sharing the truth. All right, you want to do a show? Uh, yeah, let's do a All show. Right, let me see what I can do here. Mm, you, I think you've got it. Oh, there look at this. That's skills, man. Like, yeah. Did you see how many times? Did you see my finger go over and like touch the? I did. I saw it. The touch. Remember, remember, there was a time where the when the first iPhone came out and people were like, "Where's the buttons?" And you're like, "No, no, you just." Yeah. You, you, I mean, we're, this is ancient history now. I, I understand I, that. I, I, I will never forget the first iPhone I saw. I did not like it. Yeah, well, I can I can see that. I, you, you look like a man who would technically want to struggle with technology <laughs> in the early days. Welcome oh, to man. Hollywood Anonymous. I'm Brian Irwin. I'm John Huck. All right, back to your story. Oh, I just... Why did you hate it? Oh, I, I just... I, I was using it, like... First of all, I... I didn't like the idea of cell phones at all. And then... <laughs> okay, my, keep my, going, Grandpa. Well, this was in 2000. This was like 1999. You're talking about flip phone technology. I'm talking about yeah, the first cell phones. All right. And uh, and my my roommate out here, my buddy Tim, got one pretty quick after we moved here. And I was like, "You're a nerd, dude." And I just made fun of him. Wait a minute, you moved out here without a cell phone? Yeah. How did you do that? I used my parents gave me a car phone to use in case of emergency. That's a cell phone. No, no, no. Not a Qu- you mean a Quincy phone? It was hardwired into your yeah, car? Yeah, you, you have to plug it in and everything. Yeah, it was like a big case. Was it dial-up? No, uh, it's not an internet. It was uh, no, I mean, not di- no, did you actually have to dial? No, it wasn't a rotary phone. Oh, rotary, thank you. Dial-up. <laughs> I don't even know. I can't get my technology right. Was it Blockbuster Video? <clears throat> um, All right, so anyway, continue. Oh, by the way, I gotta, we got to talk about Blockbuster in a second. Ooh, and my $15 Blockbuster card that someday I'm hoping to use. All right, continue. Um... Yeah, so yeah, that's how I got. I mean, uh, to LA, my mom and my mom made me take it. She was like, "Here's a here's our car phone." I was like, "What is this thing?" And she's like, "Just take it in case of an oh emergency." My God, what is this thing? Come but on. I mean, I remember when I first got to LA. I remember I could show you the payphone I pulled over at and called my buddy and said, "Hey, hey <laughs> I, I had show the, you the payphone." I had the number. It's not really there, but the stump is still there. Like they ripped the thing off. It's it, it took it took years, man. But that thing finally decayed into nothing. Isn't it funny how like you watch the evolution or the destruction of of uh, payphones? It's it starts with first what the so you smash first you smash the the uh, listening piece well, right because yeah. there's someone that was angry because it was their last possible because call. it's a payphone and like I said what brings you to a payphone nothing at this point, good dude right? nothing it's good, not right? like hey ma did you get the flowers it's but, but would you agree that it's a slow like unless they come over and literally move the whole thing right and unless they, they don't anymore the city comes over and takes it no they wait for people to destroy so first it. you smash the headpiece and then there's the yanking yeah. of it so then the there's phone no... part is gone so then there's the dangle of the cable then, then the someone cable. takes that because they think they can recycle that and make like seven dollars right and then there's just the leftover phone part of it and then it's tagged and urinated on and defecated on and then eventually and it gets down to your and stump and then yeah <laughs> it's just it, yeah. Di- it dies a horrible slow. Muammar Gaddafi death. Yeah, it was over on Bronson, Bronson and Sunset. And uh. I was at that mobile uh, across the street from KTLA. And I pulled over and I used quarters to call my buddy. <laughs> at, 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 I was looking at a piece of paper to dial the number of the apartment I was going to stay at because I didn't. my buddy didn't have a phone at the time. Right. And I called him and I go, hey, man, I'm, I think I'm in L.A. And he's like, <laughs> I think. Well, I had, I had gotten off the highway. Uh, I was on the ten. And I had gotten off at what I what said Sunset Avenue, mm-hmm. but it was like fifty miles outside of Los Angeles. Like there's a Sunset Avenue off the ten, but it's like it's past. It's like Indio or something. You know what I mean? It's, uh-huh. like, it's way out there. So I was like, "Oh, Sunset. That's where I want to. I'm living off of Sunset, so that's cool." So I I get off on Sunset and I'm driving around. And I'm going, "This is Los Angeles." 
this doesn't look like Los Angeles. This is not what I was expecting. What were you expecting? The the, the palm trees and, listen, and, and listen. short shorts and rollerblades. I was and... expecting like buildings, not what? just small houses. So I get, I get, I'm driving around on Sunset Avenue, and finally I stop at a gas station. I'm like, dude, uh, where is Kensington or whatever? I'm looking for Douglas and Kensington, and he goes, dude, I don't, I've never heard of those streets. I go. <laughs> Great, you're helpful. I go, is this Sunset? He goes, yeah. And I go, is this? And I would, I'd named the whatever the address, whatever the area of Sunset was, I was supposed to be at. And he goes, I mean, you're close. And I'm like, okay. So I'm driving around. I stop again. I stop again. He finally goes, hey, man, what city are you supposed to be in? I go, what? Los Angeles. He goes, okay, there you go. Get back in your car and go like 50 miles uh, east or west uh and i was like oh okay and then then i got to la like i was way out, i got off on sunset avenue at some other town oh okay i was confused i'm like i just tent. thought you were doing the thing because as you know sunset yeah it's boulevard really, goes for it's really long but i wasn't even in los angeles you weren't even in la congrats so i, so I get to la I follow, by the way that's typical what is what that experience oh it's very confusing when well, you first move out here well we didn't have well first of all i didn't even have a thomas guide so you didn't i have had a backpack i had a, a thomas guide. Rand mcnally road atlas and that thing i mean i i love that thing i still have it because i took so many road trips with it that it just it's sentimental you know and like highlighted shit and like directions are yeah. circled and like you didn't print out your AAA map uh no, they, they, you know you know remember when AAA they probably still do it yeah I think, but dude but. we didn't have a printer we didn't have a computer I don't know what you want from the Hux in 1999 <laughs> but it ain't fucking computers man <laughs> so like I, I just fi- a handwritten letter from your mother I finally get I finally get to like what I you know I get off at Sunset and uh, uh the well the 101 in Sunset and then I get to that payphone because I went the wrong way. And uh, I'm like, hey man, I think I think I'm here. And he's like, yeah, okay. What you want to do? I think I'm here. What you want to do is you want to drive. He goes, you drive uh, east on Sunset. You're gonna go for a little while. It's gonna seem like you shouldn't be in that area, and that you want to turn around and leave. And you're gonna wonder like, what am I doing? What did I get myself into? And that's gonna get worse and worse. And then you're gonna get to a spot where you're gonna turn right. That's Kensington. You come up to Douglas, and then I'll meet you outside. And I was like. All right, dude, cool. So I'm driving and I'm like, I'm glad he told me that because I'm like, well, this is not good. Like, and this is me coming from Naperville, Illinois, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm not used to a lot of stuff that a city has to offer at that time. And I went to school in northern Wisconsin, but I've been to Chicago. Yeah, I was to say, you've seen some stuff. I've seen I've seen some stuff, you know what I mean? But like as you're getting in and more and more is like more graffiti and there's more things that are run down. And this was long before they started, that area became what it is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like very blue collar, but also very, I don't want to say run down, but I will say old. Like, yeah. um, like old, old, old homes, you know? And those homes are awesome. It turns out everything in that area is beautifully built. That area, it's Echo Park. It's, uh, I mean, I lived literally right across from Dodger Stadium. I lived up the hill on the other side of Sunset. Yeah. Um, and I never, we moved from there before we ever got to go to a Dodger game because we were there January, uh, or I was there November to April, so right before the season started. And then we, we moved to our first uh, apartment on Herald Way. Because that guy we were living with was like, you got to go. <laughs> he was like 40. He was a friend of my buddy's uncle. He was 40, and we were like 24. So imagine you were wearing him out. I'm 43. If a 24 year old even tried to talk to me on a bus, I would go, dude, that's <laughs> enough. I can't imagine having one living with me 
And then like using my computer and he started taking his keyboard to work. He was like, oh nah, he was not having us, dude. Oh my God. And that's hilarious. He, he literally removed of the keyboard. Of a desktop. Of a desktop. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And desktops were more popular back then. That was all there was, dude. No, there were laptops, but they were very but they were expensive. Also, they were, and the size of desktops. They were yeah, like, that is true. Like, they were hey, extremely man, heavy. Can you take this 1950s Underwood typewriter off my legs? Uh, two things. One was that area that he was describing is where I first lived. And every night when I parked my car, I was afraid I was going to get stabbed or my car was going to be gone the next morning. Yeah, my window was broken a couple of times. For a very short period of time, I lived in that area he was describing of like, um, you should should not, you know, don't be, it's okay, just keep going. But the thing was, once people knew you in the neighborhood, they were, no one gave a shit. It wasn't like they were after you. But when you're fresh off the boat, which I was, I I lived there when I first moved out. And like my, my life experiences have been like, I went on Grateful Dead tour. I went on fish tour. I've been arrested. I've been in jail with other deadheads. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't like in Congrats. a max- Yeah, well, I mean, I wasn't in like a maximum security prison with like people outside my <laughs> my fucking wheelhouse that I didn't know how to talk to or wasn't, you know, or, or weren't going to like me or whatever. So it was like I, my my experiences have, had all been very, very white up to that point, oh. you know? Well, again, Warrenville. But yeah. But yeah. Um, the, the second thing in listening to you reminded me of when I first, this is 2000, that uh, I, I the job that I got, which at the Herald Examiner, right? You I got uh, that job in two thousand. Uh, yeah. Holy so, shit. Um, so I uh, well, yeah, I know it was a long time ago. Right now, you think about it, eighteen years ago, it's crazy. Um, yeah. But so they had so there was a desktop up, uh, 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 at at work, right? And I didn't have a computer, and I still wanted to do stuff at home, so I would literally pack up. A desktop computer, take it home on the weekends and bring it back. And I'll, I remember that my boss <laughs> came in one day and he's like, what "Hey man, I just visited work. The computer's gone. Someone stole the computer." I'm like, "No man, I uh, I just took it home because I wanted to like use it at home." He's like, "I'm sorry." He goes, "I'm sorry. Did you just take our computers home?" And I was like, "Yeah. What's the big deal?" He's like, "You don't just take desktop computers home, like from a job. You don't just start packing up things." That are not yours. I'm bringing, it, I'm bringing it back. He's like, he, he was like, yeah, you are. You're bringing it back right now, this second, or you've lost your job. And I was like panicking because I had just gotten the job. Jesus And I look Christ. at it now, I'm like, who's... And because there were times, you may not remember this, but I do. There were times that I remember seeing people bring their desktop computers into coffee shops and do work in a corner. I was not going into coffee shops when that was happening. But it was like IMAX and that kind of stuff. But yeah. it was, that's still a desktop. It may not have the tower. But it's just like, who the fuck? But again, back then... I mean, the first time I saw somebody open a laptop in a Starbucks, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Get out of here (laughs) if you're going to be typing, man. People are in here fucking drinking coffee and listening to music. And and now that's all it is. And now it's just an office. Yeah. It's an an office. It's just so funny how it's all changed. If me and you went in there and tried to have a a conversation at a reasonable... People would be like, I'm trying to work over here. And I've, I've had every generation of every type of cell phone ever. And I think the one that I hated... The most was Nextel, because as cool as you thought Nextel was with the walkie-talkie aspect of it, basically the direct contact with someone, it's funny for like two seconds, and then that chirp, chirp, and that direct contact stuff gets really annoying really quick. And I, I was done with Nextel, I think, within two months. I had, and back then you couldn't get out of your. I had to pay like five hundred dollars to get out of my. Uh, 
contract. It was crazy. I still have the Nextel phone runner somewhere. The only reason I had, I had, my first phone was a Nokia, whatever, the one with the stump antenna on it. Like, so it was a flat face. Yeah, you could just, you could play, it was like a brick. You could play snake on it and then make <laughs> phone calls and that was it. Uh, that was my first phone. I, I got that phone. I got it. I, I came home from work. It was, it had been delivered. I was like, oh, cool, my phone. Nobody knew I had a phone. Nobody. My roommate, who I'm going out with that night, he's with me. So there's no possible chance that anyone is going to call this number because nobody has it. I take the phone out with me anyway. I get drunk. I fall down. I break the phone. <laughs> the next day I wake up. I'm like, hey, is this uh, going to work still? And my buddy goes, no, dude, that phone is broken. <laughs> I was like, shit. Got a new one and then you know, started giving the number up. But then I, my job was like, okay, you're getting these Nextels for work because no one... Like minutes were a thing. That and was like, a big thing for and like, production. I, next you, tells, you yeah. could, and you could, I wouldn't want to be using my personal phone for, you know. So they gave me this Nextel. So I had that stupid brick phone, and then I had a Nextel in my belt. But oh, I, oh, you were belt clipping. Uh, for, you were a belt clipper. When I was PAing, yeah, I had to because you sense. need to get you yeah. need to get to that thing. Yeah. You need to get to it quick. And uh, I would have it at home, and then my other buddies who had Nextel would somehow be able to chirp with me. I never minded it. I was like, oh, this is actually, to me, it was like texting before texting. It was like voice texting. Uh, texting was annoying just because you had to kind of go through well, each there was, button. You and... had to press one button three, four times to get the letter you wanted, and then you had to do that. Like it, that's And you what... paid you paid per word, and then you paid per minute, then you, you know, all these things. It's just like... All gotta... my texts were like one word, like real quick no's and yeses, and I was like, why is this person texting me? This is so irritating. They're costing me money. Yeah, and then it just became. I remember the last person I remember going, "Hey, man, can you not do that? Uh, my minutes are running out." And we, everyone, just looked at him and started laughing at him, like, "Your minutes!" <laughs> and this was like seven years ago, so it wasn't even that long. Yeah, anybody that had cheap friends in the yeah. late '90s, early 2000s, um, that that was they were all about when you could contact them. They used to people used to get upset if you texted them, right? Oh yeah, because it cost them money, and they'd be like, "Dude, I told you." I don't have a data package. Don't text me. That just cost me 45 cents. Your stupid text. Yeah. I told you not to text me. Someone texts you from Mexico. That's $1.88, dickhead. (laughs) (laughs) That and calling cards. The uh, um, calling cards. But no, I bought, so when I, when I moved, I bought a cell phone. I was getting them from in my jobs and radio and, and band management, stuff like that. I had to have them. Yeah. But when I was getting ready to move here, I just, I literally got a phone and did a three two three before I even uh, even before I left the four one four. Really, my cell phone was a three two three. I've I've had the same number since I left. Well, I mean, I've had the same. My my number is the exact same as when I got that. But phone. there was a time that if you wanted to change, remember there was that time if you change services, they're like, we can't guarantee you get to keep your uh, cell phone number, and you're like, I'm sorry, what? Oh, well, I've also never changed. I've been with AT and T the whole time. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, there was a time where you could potentially lose your phone number, and at that point, I was so ingrained because I had already pretty quickly had started working in a field where my phone number was getting out there and I needed that. And if I had changed it, then people have to, it affected my business. And this so. was before you could send out a mass text that said, here's my new number. Right. Or people like, that's why forever I've never, I never changed my email address because it's so annoying to try to, unless you're trying to get rid of a lot of people, that's why you do it. Yes. You basically yeah. shut down and reboot. Like oh. a lot of my pseudo friends that uh, I started in comedy with that got famous who will, whose names will remain nameless John changed their phone numbers when they got more popular. And oh. I always found that a tad bit. I get it. But I think that just depends. I mean, if if you, I don't know how I feel about it. Sometimes I feel a little offended. Well, if they were in comedy, if they were stand-ups and they were working around in the clubs and stuff. Everybody has your phone number. Everybody and has I your phone that. number and I can understand that like you don't want to Most be, of them eventually gave it back to me, but it yeah. took a sec. It took a sec. It just, it's just that you find out really quickly where you fall. 
if you start trying to reach out to someone yeah. and it's gone and they you were not part of their this is I'm, it's this like coming the only time and finding out your parents moved and they didn't uh, tell I, you where. This is the only time I'm being a little bit petty. It's when you find out where you stand in that relationship with those people when you're not part of like the people they reach out to and let you know that they've changed your phone number and it, it takes you a while to find out that they've moved on. I also think anybody who's got my number is probably okay to get a hold of me. Everybody's got my number, but nobody uses it, so I'm totally fine. I will never have to change the number, so I'm not too worried about it. Phones, you're not getting prank calls? No, I do get a couple uh, solicitation calls. I'm not quite sure where they're getting that from because I don't give my number out. But that's besides the point. I really want to talk to you about something that happened uh, in my neighborhood two days in a row, and I'm not quite sure how to feel about it. Mm. As you know, I got yappers. They're, they're my they're my official doorbells. They're my protectors. Oh, of, the of dogs, their, not the kids. Sure. The uh, um, so the dogs were barking, and I was like, "What is up?" Like, because sometimes there's like you can if you have animals, you can kind of there's, you, there's certain annoying, types of barks. And then there's like, hey, yeah. they are looking at something, and they're, they're very not upset about yeah. this. Like, there's there's different levels of being upset. They were like really upset. Okay, I go and I look out the window, and there is a guy walking down the street with like half workout clothes yeah. and a big. Uh, a chimney sweep hat on. Workout clothes and a chimney sweep hat. A black so when you chimney say like a, sweep a hat. A tall, like a pipe hat, like an Abe Lincoln. Pipe hat. Yes. And he when and you for say two days in a row. Clothes, we're talking sweatpants. And yeah, just... he wasn't dressed like Abe Lincoln. He wasn't dressed like a chimney sweep. He wasn't dressed like Dick Van Dyke. He had a he had a, a shirt with no sleeves. Was he cut? No. Fat. No. He looked like he may have been cool back in the '80s, and he's still trying to relive maybe some of that. But he has the Brian Irwin. Body. But here's the thing: what's a <laughs> yes, yes, he kind of did. Okay, add 15 years and my body, and the answer is yes. But I just like I normally people would be like, I'm concerned with a white guy walking down the street with an AR-15 strapped around him. I was just as concerned with this guy. Walking down my street two days in a row, like, dude, what's up with the fucking hats? White people scare the shit out of me. But seriously, you what's know, up I with the hats? He's you... not. He's not in Guns and Roses, right? Are you sure? <laughs> I did didn't. You, honestly, dude. I mean, maybe. But Slash, you can't even Slash ask. Slash goes jogging in that. <laughs> he's like, he's just like, hey, how you doing? November rain. I gotta go, and he runs off. <laughs> But, you know, it's like it's something like that. You can't even be like, hey, what's going on? Right. That's an <laughs> interesting choice no, of hats. You, you most certainly can, <laughs> but then you got to be prepared for Because my guess is that dude is, like, wanting you to say, hey, what's going well, I on? I guess. I don't know. I, you should try talking to him because if he is, like, if he is No, I shouldn't try. No, you should. If he isn't stand, if he is standoffish, if he, like, kind of, like, shuns you or whatever or doesn't talk back to you or talk with you, I would say... He's sketchy. If he talks to you immediately after you start the, start a conversation, he's just using that as a "Hey, man, look at me." Yeah, I, well, yeah, but there's, I'm not winning in either one of those conversations. But maybe he can get your home address and come over. You, for he dinner. already will because I'm walking out my front door and saying, "Hey, what's up, man?" So one way or another, I've inadvertently made a <laughs> well, friend with man, a I chimney just, sweep. I was just visiting my buddy. He lives there. I live way over way, here way. at Nate Cordry's house. Yeah, I live across the street and play Vuvuzela on Thursday. Uh, so you if can you want to there, come, stop by whenever you want. <laughs> now that is, that, but that's like a guy with a parrot on his shoulders. Like you just ignore those. Yeah, but that's Venice the, Beach. Yeah, that's I'm not, true. I don't live anywhere near Venice Beach, yeah. right? So if it's you like did, if you lived on a boardwalk of some kind, you'd be like, that, oh, sure, that makes sense. That same look, 
on Venice Fine. Beach, I'd yeah. be like, yeah, of you course. wouldn't even blink. No. You'd be like, whatever. But in my neighborhood, yeah. So early on, when I first moved out here, I used to get concerned initially. There's a couple people that walk around with baseball bats, and I was like, this is not right. And then I realized, oh wait a minute, we live in Coyote Country. They're just so they actually are there. Uh, because they're walking their dogs and coyotes attack dogs, so it's actually a beaten stick to yeah. keep coyotes away. Yeah. That now I don't care about. Like that, I've kind of moved on from the whole baseball well, because bat thing. You also and I, like, look you at the people yeah. who are holding the bats, yes. and you're not like, oh, this isn't like a skinhead in a Nazi youth uniform. No, this but is I, a, if the guy looked like me or you, I would be sort. I, I hate to say this, yeah, but I'd no. be way more suspicious. The, people like me shouldn't be walking around swinging bats. It's like that's not a that's not a good look. That's a very dangerous look. I no, think, yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree, especially if there's nails on it. Oh my god, no, nobody <laughs> do, had the nails. Do you on watch it? You don't watch Walking Dead, do you? No, nah, oh. I tried to. I watched like three episodes, and it seemed like a good show. I just didn't have the time. Uh, uh but there's a guy in the last couple seasons who uses a bat wrapped in barbed wire. Well, yeah, pretty right. Pretty, it's pretty tough. Yeah, yeah, it's very, uh, uh, you know, comic booky. Very. Uh, oh yeah, I'm sure that came right out of the comic book yeah. actually, because it's pretty sweet. And that comic, what do they call comic? Uh, graphic novelly. Yes, sorry, I guess a yeah. comic book. Right, but but is there there is a difference, right? A comic book and a graphic novel. Yeah, a comic Archie's book is like the Archie. There is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny that you and I both go to Archie. <laughs> yeah, because we're a thousand years old. No, no, but we go to the, the most innocent possible thing, and then a graphic novel is you know yeah. the Dark Knight, and he's you know he's literally ripping people's necks off. You know right. What I mean? so, right. Well, well, I found I had a I had a friend in uh, in prison, and I went to visit him a couple times, and he told me he was in there for quite a while. He was in there for four. 12 to 14 years he was in there. So over that time, like, you know, he was friends with my brother originally, and then I became in prison? friends with him. No, he was oh, okay. before he went in. I didn't know how deep this story went. No, and then okay. my, so my brother moved away. So, like, I'm like, I'm like, well, this kid can't just be, and I knew he had family, and I knew he had friends and everything, so, but I just started visiting him because I was like, someone, like, he got the, he got the shaft, man. He shouldn't have been in there that long. That was, I mean, in my head, that was a severely racist thing. I was just going to ask to you. Do, yeah. I, was, I was almost going to make a joke just because it seems like in society now, like there, every day there's another story about uh, a black person that was wrongly accused and is eventually getting released, but half their life is gone. And he wasn't wrongly accused. He was or just overly, overly punished. Yeah. Is, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like he, that was... For for so if I if I went I know for sure that if I went against that same count if I had the same thing happen to me, um, it would not have been it would have been five max five years maximum maximum I yeah. think you know and with no other offenses it probably would have been three and yeah. then out in one do you know what I mean like yeah. he was in there for four. Years. Yeah. I just, I don't want to get too political and we can move on with your story. I just wish, and this goes for all of our listeners, let us just acknowledge the fact that we as a society have screwed that up and we know exactly what we were doing to the African American community. Ex- admit it, accept it, try to fix it, and move on. Stop denying it. Stop pretending like it didn't happen. Stop trying to say, well, we need more research to see if this is what really happened. We all know the truth. Anyway. Just uh, you know, if more of us, uh, more of us uh, white folks spoke up about that and just admitted, you know, that we allowed it to happen, I think we could start having legitimate change. But anyway, continue the story, John. Yeah, it was really fucked. Um, but yeah, so anyway, I, I, he was like, you know, you can't. I go, what can I send you, man, for like reading and like, you know, well, what's good in here? You know, what can you get? Because all the mail has to go through security and they have to check it and make sure you're not sending in a hot dog with a big nail file in it. You know. <laughs> My hot dog is here. Who's see, sending a hot dog? See the end of Pee Wee's Big Adventure when he, yeah. like, he goes, "Hey, I got you a foot long." <laughs> and the guy's like, "Thanks." And then the security guard takes it. He's like, "Good try, Pee Wee." <laughs> um, 
But so that was he, a good Pee Wee laugh, by the way. So he, <laughs> I can actually, I've been doing that for since I was sixth grade. Oh, congrats! Pretty, pretty well, thank you. Um, but uh, so I, he was like, you know, I can't get. You can't send porn. You can't send like nudie mags, which would have been like a thing. I've been like, yeah, that's what you need. You need that. Like, so. Well, yeah, but then less guys would be working out. It's a continue. Oh, right. But they didn't, you know, judging by what he did, he didn't, there was not a lot of working out. There was some softball and there was a lot of eating out of vending machines. That's what seemed to be happening. Um, There's vending machines in prison? Well, at least in the. Uh, the one he was in? The visiting room. Oh, oh okay, okay. So that was the, so it was a treat to be visited. Then okay, continue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so many levels. Continue. You had to bring quarters in a plastic bag that they could see. Um, <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, uh, I've never been. I'll have to. I look forward it was, to it. It was Terminal Island too, so it was very Carlito's way. Like you'd look out and the ocean was out there, and you'd be like, "Oh, okay." But um, <laughs> but yeah. So he was like, you know, you can send me like graphic novels, like comic books and stuff that have like you know what they can be graphic. You know, the nudity, violence, whatever. To give me a little bit of entertainment. I was like, okay. So I went to, I haven't been into a comic book shop um, other than like going in for shows at Nerd Melt or whatever for right. a very long time. And I, I went into the Golden Apple on Melrose, mm-hmm. I think is what it's called. And I, uh, I just went to the guy at the counter. And I go, hey man, a buddy of mine is in prison and I need to come up with, a, I don't know anything about comic books, but I want to send him some like graphic novels that might be entertaining, have a little bit of, he goes, dude. You are a good friend. Follow me. And I was like, okay. And he took me to this section of all like really uh, like graphic novels. So like violence and nudity and, you know, there's fucking and there's all this stuff going on within. I'm like flipping through. I'm like, Jesus, these are graphic. These are graphic. And then I found one chunk of them, like this chunk of books. And I was like, huh. And I start looking and it's about a zombie uprising and it's about these survivors in Atlanta. And I was like, Dude, this is awesome. I read the first two. I was like, this is fucking great. So I bought like five of them or whatever, and I mailed them to him. And then I went and visited like a month later. And he goes, hey, thanks so much for those. You know, they're really great. So if you can, when the, when more come out, you want to send them, I go, great, awesome. <clears throat> Before the more can come out, like I'm like at home watching and like i see this ad i'm like oh wow walking dead this looks really i love zombie movies that's like a genre of horror i really i'm into you know and like a tv show about it looks fascinating so i start watching it and i'm like oh my god this is great so i get to i go visit him again i go dude do you guys because they could watch tv they just had limited access and i think they could watch walking dead okay and it was like i'll go dude you watch it he goes that's those are the books you sent me. Those are not, and I couldn't even remember the first. Oh, really? Because I'd read a chunk. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. Because I was like, this is like a familiar plot in the sense that, like, it's zombies. It's like, that's not an unfamiliar thing, you know? Um, but it was just really funny that those turned out to be the, uh, the books. But that was like the only time I've ever had anything to do with graphic novels. I got to ask you, because I have no experience with this. What is it like? Visiting someone in prison, and and I'm talking. I'm and have you had you done it before? You went to visit this guy, no. And and it's like, did you have to work yourself up to go do it? Because it, like I, this is completely unrelated. But I remember with went with the crazy lady across the street when I had to pick her up from an insane asylum. Like it took, I, I had to work myself up to get because it's like you're well, going that's... into foreign territory. Like yeah. you don't really know what you're walking into. And my only point of reference was one flew over this cuckoo's nest. <laughs> like le- legitimately, like, that's all I had as a point of reference of that stuff. Nurse Ratchet, I'm going to see need to see Martini really right, quick yeah. for a second and talk um, to Billy. 
but yeah, so I'm just curious, like what, because, uh, and I'm sure a lot of people don't have that experience. A lot oh, of people I would, don't I, have. I hope that nobody ever has to have that experience. Do right, but I mean? people like, do. Obviously. I mean, I would go. How did it all happen? Well, so I talked to my brother. My brother went to visit him and was like, oh my God, that is just shitty. You know what I mean? You're seeing a friend who you used to like hang out with all the time who was like, not just like a friend, but like. Just like a positive force in like everybody he was involved in there. If if he was involved in your life, he had a positive, he had a he had a positive influence on you. It was like he's just such a nice guy. He still is. He's out and he is living it up. And he is okay. he is he's doing amazing. He's Dodger games. I mean, I'm worried he's going to eat himself to death because he's just <laughs> like food. But like he he's just he's doing great. But um. But yeah, so when my brother was like visiting, was bummed out, and then my brother moved, and he was like, "Well, dude, this my brother has like had two turntables for him that he was like keeping because they didn't make him anymore." So my brother's like, "These are coming with me to New York, but when he gets out, I'm gonna send them to him," you know. And we were all like, "Yeah, when he gets out, we're gonna be there in a party bus and strippers, and we're gonna be going, you know what I mean? We're gonna have fun and whatever." That never happened, but <laughs> but, but I started visiting. It didn't. When you ask if it took me a while to get worked up um, to get. To go visit him, the only thing that it got had to get worked up was like, I'm a lazy piece of shit. I barely want to drive to the West Side to do comedy, much less drive to like Terminal Island, which is like San Pedro, like down past the airport, you know, like on the docks. I have no idea even where you're talking about. Just saying. Well, a friend of mine just got married down there recently at Terminal Island. No. Oh, okay. At, at this brewery in San Pedro, it was a beautiful wedding. Malik, he's been on the show. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, we went down there, but like driving down, there, I was like, "Oh, this is really familiar." And I was like, "Oh yeah, there's the bridge I take because the bridge, like San Pedro, is nice or whatever." And then you go up over this bridge, and it takes you down to an industrial area, and that Terminal Island is off. Okay. It it is kind of an island or whatever, but you're also. Um, the prison goes out on all the way out on the peninsula where you are on the water, basically. Okay. And you can see like the cranes and the big shipping containers. It looks like the wire season two is happening next to <laughs> Oz. But no, it's not even, it's not bad because it wasn't maximum, sec- well, it was maximum security, um, but it was federal prison. It wasn't orange jumpsuits and shivs. It was brown dickies and softball. So it was still not awesome, still fights, still shitty, still prison, yeah. but not the uh, cell block brawl in cell block 99 with Got Vince it. Vaughn or whatever, right. you know? But so I Horrible was, reference, but continue. Actually, great movie. Okay. Great movie. Well, I just, I wouldn't have, if of all the prison, prison. movies you could have referenced, cool was, a Vince, was, a, was a Vince Vaughn prison but movie? it's the, one of the best roles he's ever in. Never even heard of it. Brawl, it, dude, you got to see it. It's Don Johnson. It is Don Johnson. It's awesome, dude. It, How old is this movie? It's last year, I think it came out, or the year before. Oh, therein lies the problem. Too much comes out, now you can't. Keep, well, it was also not everything. in theaters. I don't think it was. So I'm saying too much comes right out, you to, can't keep up with it. Yeah, yeah. What's it on Netflix? I can get it to you. I, can, All right. I have a Oh, okay. You know a guy who knows a guy. I got a guy. Right. I'll talk to All him. Right. But so no, I didn't have to work myself up into like going to see him in the sense that like I'm nervous, but I was like still like I was uncomfortable. I'm li- I'm online, you know. I'm looking at all the rules. It's like okay, you don't want to go there. My brother's like, you have to dress specifically. You can't just show up the way you want to look. So it's like, you know, you can't wear any beige. I can't dress the same color as him. And well, I, first off, you don't want to because you don't want to be he's stuck in there. You get over here. And now we're in a sitcom. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, but yeah, so it was like, but I do own that same exact Dickie shirt 
that he wears. Right. You know what I mean? Mm. I won't ever wear it again because now I'm like, well, that's. Yeah. Mm. But mm. but so it was like you know you have to wear solid colors, no big logos. Um, uh, um, jeans, you can't wear shorts, no flip-flops, closed-toed shoes, um, and then, like, uh, no hats and no uh, jewelry, and you couldn't bring a wallet. You had to, basically, I showed up with my ID and uh, my car key, and then everything else was left in my car in the parking lot. And then, uh, and, oh, and a, and a clear bag of, like, quarters. If you wanted to buy food at the vending machine, you could bring quarters. It could only be quarters, and it had to be a clear bag they could see through. So then you go, you you get in there, you sign in, and then you sit, and then they a couple minutes they wait till people get there, more people. The visiting hours when I first started visiting were Friday morning, Monday morning, or uh, Friday, Saturday, or Monday. So I was always like, I'm going to come on Monday because it seems like there'd be less people on Monday, and there were, you know, and I and it was less people, but you still you you sit, they gather people up as they come in to visit, then they call all our names, we go through uh, a metal detector, all our stuff goes into a tray, it's like the airport. And then we get through to the other side, and then there's another waiting room. So then we wait, and then they call us again. They put this invisible stamp on our hand that they can read under a light. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they uh, then they line us all up, and then they walk us into uh, between two big like locking doors, you know. And then we're in this little area, and then a guy calls our names, takes our IDs, looks at us, uh, holds the IDs, and then puts reads the stamp to make sure you are coming in and whatever, you're not a prisoner. And then we walk through into the like a, a an open concreted area with like super tall fences and just razor wire wrapped everywhere. Everything is razor wire. Like if you, you'd be fucked if you tried to climb out of there. I mean, I don't even know. Yeah, that's the intent. Yeah, you would, it would... It, and then you get into this, then you walk into this cage, essentially. It's a chain link cage, razor wire over the top, razor wire down the side. You're in a cage of razor wire waiting for the visitor's room to open up. And then this guy opens up, comes out, has all the IDs from the guard, looks at all the IDs, looks at you, who you're here to see. You know, you tell them, and then you walk in, uh, and then you walk in, and as you're walking in, they're taking people out, like another group out who's already visited or whatever. So then you walk in, and then you, they assign you to where do you sit, and I try to get a spot by the window uh, because that way he could be near the outside. You know what I mean? It was like something he would ask for that. So I was like, yeah. So I'd get a spot, and then I'd have to wait for them to get him. So that could has taken upwards of 45 minutes at one point. I was like, Jesus, man. So I get in there. I try to get in there right at 11 a.m. I get down there at 11 a.m. I'm in you know, by 11.30, 11.40, he's there by 12.15, 12.30, and then we can visit until, I mean, usually I had shit to get, to go do, you know, I had to get back to my, my, my life or whatever. Yeah, that's so, what you got to tell these people, otherwise. Well, I'm just, I'm just kidding. No, 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 but he was, and he, he knew that, like, but we would talk and like, it was fun, we'd have great conversations, I mean, he's a great guy, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, it was a strain visiting him or figuring out what we could talk about. No, not that. I'm just more curious about the environment that you yeah, found other, yourself well, in. Well, other people, like, so everybody else, all the people visiting had to sit on one side, had to sit on the, the one There's side. There's a visitor of, side, of, if yeah, you will. Okay. Yeah, so if any table... So it wasn't free the, form. No, no. And then they'd come out and they'd sit down. And it was like, it was, it was really, part of it was really sad just because, like, as bad as my friend's situation was, like, you're looking over to your left and there's, like, a guy, two kids, a wife, you know what I mean? He's been in, you know, and my, my buddy would tell me, guy's been in for like 15 years. Guy's been in for seven years. He, my, my, my friend was essentially 
a young version of Morgan Freeman in Shawshank Redemption without the squalor. Meaning, like, the prison wasn't as bad as that because mm-hmm. the times they did a change. But but he was the guy who... And he was this guy in real life. And, and out, when he was out, was like, if you need it, this guy will get it. Whatever it is, he'll figure it out. He'll, he'll get it. And that's what got him arrested. I mean, that's yeah. what got him fucked. But... Um, but he was like that in there too. You know what I mean? And the guards liked him. Everybody likes this guy. He's a likable dude. Like the fact that he had to spend all that time in there, I can only hope that it saved other people's lives somehow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like him being in there was like was the sanity that other people in there needed or that guards needed to not go ballistic on. You know, I have to think that there 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 had to be like whether we can see it or not, there was an outcome. There was a reason. There was an end game for him being in there. Do you know? What I, I think mean? I would have got beat up all the time. I don't know. I think you would have been. I mean, yes. At first, I think both of no, us. No, I think for always. No, I think. Well, I mean, unless you're, you're going to just be yourself, because you got to change some of your attitude <laughs> if you're going to be in there. Hence my point. Yeah. I think I would just get beat up. I don't I'm think the guards would like me. Once they beat you. Yeah, it's not even the prisoners. It's other, not even other prisoners. It's guards. Hey, what are you, what are you smiling at? You look smug. I'm going to fight you. <laughs> what? Uh, that's, that's an American thing. What are you smiling at? What are you so happy about? Yeah. Oh, fucking forgive me. Yeah. I'm, I'm ha- <laughs> just trying to... I'm happy I'm not dead. I don't know. <laughs> uh, oh, I know what I wanted to... Uh, but yeah, so that was that's basically visiting my friends. And yeah. the rules changed over the, over the years, you know? Like, at one point, I couldn't sit by the window anymore. At one point, it was only... We had to sit in this section. And then, you know, and... And then it's he, just weird that you got used to how to visit a prison. Dude, we went once. Me and my, my brother came back from New York. He was visiting from New York, and we were going to go see him. And I had had a problem before with this particular pair of buttonfly jeans that I wear. No. Yeah, particular pair of buttonfly jeans that I wear. Goes off in the metal detector. But there were the jeans that I had that I wear to prison. I didn't give a shit about it. I didn't care. So I was like, this is what I'm wearing. The jeans I wear to prison. Whatever. These are my prison visit jeans. Sure. So me and my brother went, and this was like the third time. Like, it's happened three other times to me where I went off. The guy wanted me, and it was no big deal. He goes, oh, yeah, it's your. I go, I wear buttonfly jeans. He goes, oh, it's your jeans. I go, great, no problem. So that was. it's never been an issue. So I go through the metal detector. Goes off. There's a new guy there. He is a fucking dickhead. Like... Do you watch Orange is the New Black? No. He's like that, uh, the mustache. Uh, How do you have so much time to watch so many TV shows? I only watched two seasons of it, but this guy was in the first I thought you only watched two shows, and I referenced both of them. Um, but then he was also in season two of The Wire, which is funny. But he, Three shows. But he. Uh, but anyway, so this security, this prison guard is just an ass, and he goes, well, you, you, you can't come in. And I go, dude, I, it's the button fly. The guy's about to wand me. He goes, you can't wand him. And he goes, why, why not? He goes, well, the rule is. And he goes, like, oh. I'm like, what, dude? It's never been a problem before. He goes, well, we don't know what's there. I go, you don't know what's there? I pull my pants down. My brother's standing there going, uh, the guard freaks out. He's like, sir, pull your pants up. What the fuck? He goes, he gets, he goes ballistic, dude. He doesn't, he's like, what are you doing? What are you, dude, sir, please. And I'm like, okay, I'm just trying to show you. I'm not hiding anything, dude. Because I tried this, I did this at an airport once when I was being, I pulled, yeah. I pulled into a room. And I did yeah, this. yeah, you were traveling with me. Oh, yeah, and I pulled my yeah. pants down, yeah. And yeah. the guy was like, Whoa, and they got all nervous and so, scared. So these, are these your same pants? No, different uh, jeans. Oh, okay, you just I like pulling your pants interesting. down. Interesting. I don't think they were the same jeans. 
Well, I, I'm going to go with they weren't, and you just like pulling your pants down to make a point. My, that's your thing. That's well, your that's your that's my, your go to. My point is, I'm not hiding anything. I get that, but I think your go to in a conflict situation is to rip your pants down and be like, "What's up?" I would that would be my go to if I was going to get into a, f- a real fight on the street. Come on, me and you. Oh, hey, what about as this? they punch you and you just fall over with your pants down and be like, "Yeah, well, that's even more embarrassing." So that guy didn't really help himself out in that situation. <laughs> I don't know. I think it'd be pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy gets all worked up. Yeah, and tells me to pull my pants up, and I have to go wait in the car. So you don't get to go in? No, my brother went in. See, here's the thing about that. Why are they mad at people who are just trying to come and visit? You're you're trying to do a good thing. Yeah, but they don't they don't care. They don't know who they, I but am. You're they don't missing know why. my point. Yeah, you're missing my point. It's like it's not making any situation any better by having that type of aggressive behavior. There is a way to solve any problem. And I know the other side would be like, well, it's not my fucking problem. I don't know. But therein lies the problem. When you start, when your starting point is, I don't have to deal with you because I just don't have to deal with you. I don't want to fix this problem. Fine. They just continue to be a part of the bigger problem, which is everyone leaves ir- irritated. Well, the guy, the guy in the, the prison's p- fucking irritated. Yeah. You're irritated. The guy that just drove X amount of hours to go visit a friend is fucking irritated. Where's the? I mean, it's like I look at things sometimes. I'm like, oh my god, people, we got one shot at this, this life thing. Why are we so fucking try? Why are we trying so hard to irritate each other at any given notice? Which, by the way, when you irritate, this is what I'm starting to learn, and I'm trying to figure this out. When you irritate someone, it just makes you more irritated. It's not even a win. To any, I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, You're trying to visit a guy in prison. Fucking calm down. But, you dropped uh, your pants. But also, you this guy him. deals with, like, you know, other bad people coming to visit people, people who don't give a fuck. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not... I've, I've seen them be like stern with old women who had like grandchildren with them. You know what I mean? Like they they have a set of rules and they are really, there's a, in my head, there's a reason for, for what they do. I but, get it. But, but I also think they're part of the bigger problem being the prison system, which is a huge fucking problem. The prison system is a, a bigger problem than people irritating each other at this point. Like that, that it's systemic. It's a part of it. Well, dude, are they letting the fuck people in there for weed out yet? You drop. No. What is the deal? We've that's like are we we still keep people in there for bootlegging liquor? What are we doing now? Let's not go down that path. We have to we would have to have a whole another podcast yeah. about how to how to discuss things with a certain portion of America. But, but you, I, I but do have which I don't even know if it's even possible. No, it might not be. Yeah. But I do Stay on educated America. I wanna, it's it's it uh, seems to be working out for you. I don't know. The people that I think the people that need to be educated are getting educated and they're going to be the future. I think we're all yeah. right. I think I think I think what happens is it's, it's, I believe it's darkest before the dawn because that's science. And then uh sounded very uh, I don't know. Listen to you, darkest before the dawn. That's like a science fiction speech. You should have like a world no, no, right but now. Meaning and, meaning like a half the, mask. Like, when you when you it's like when when uh, when somebody hits bo- rock bottom and then they're like, dude, I gotta fix this. I gotta change everything. Like that's what we're doing. I think as a country, we're gonna get to a point where, we're, like, we're gonna get we're gonna be okay. I think we're gonna be okay unless we all, you know, get nuked or whatever. But either way, okay, cool. Either way, anyway, man. continue your uh, so- other side thought. Oh, uh, my other side thought. What was, if we elect a guy with with a uh, Guns and Roses hat on? Is he available? Can he a run? Will he do hat. the paperwork? Somebody at some point, someone's going to bring back in politics the chimney sweep look. Well, eventually, the wig party is going to make a comeback, <laughs> which I assume is a bunch of people wearing powdered wigs. <laughs> so straight wig ticket next year, guys. <laughs> this is sounds so wrong. 
on so many it, levels. Well, we've gotten We're so unintent- used to just being Republican, Democrat. So when you hear no, Whig we, Party, you're yeah, like, Whig no, Party? No, you just said the straight Whig. What did you just call it? The straight Whig ticket. <laughs> straight, just Whig ticket all the way. Whig ticket. That's like a Twicket. Uh, that's be, a Midwestern you know thing, by the way. Fair. You know what, you remember what a Twicket is? A Twicket is the thing when you go to Great America and you leave, you get a Twicket so you can come back the next that's day right. after four that's for a half That's a two-for-one ticket, three. dude. That's a Twicket. It's a two-for-one. That's a Twicket. Yeah. You got them. Also, the Coke cans. Two-for-one. Yeah. So many things. A Twicket, man. Don't forget your Twicket. Um, Two for Tuesdays. Three for Thursdays. That's radio stuff, right? Two for Tuesday. Wait, hold on a second. You're going to play two Led Zeppelin songs back to back today because it's two for Tuesday. And wait a minute. You're telling me on Thursday. What about Block Party Weekends? Block Party Weekends. That's that's taking it too far. That's I, don't, that's I can't like control huge myself. Blocks of like of every band, right? Like here's a block <laughs> of Van Halen. Here's a block <laughs> of Tom Petty. Ah. Uh, block Party Weekends uh, on KLOS. I cannot control myself. I mean, that's just too much. Too much radio. It's just too much. It's too much radio, indeed. All right. <laughs> uh, you brought up Blockbuster at the beginning. Yeah. A friend of mine who I hadn't talked to in a very long time, who we had to speak under very unfortunate circumstances, but at the same time, it was very good to hear from him. We've talked. I've talked about him on the podcast before. His name is Glenn. It's a buddy of mine from middle school. I've known since then. We've been tight for a long time. Um, but he pointed out he listens. He's a listener. He listens to the show. Oh, he's a good listener. He he's a good listener, and uh, <laughs> and he loves he loves. He called Jen Murphy Carrot Bottom, <laughs> which fucking killed me. Well, you guys are gonna have to go back in time yeah, to figure out what episode l- l- that is. Listen to that episode because it's about Jen and carrots and masturbation and garbage and her mom hiding well, so food much for my teaser. Yeah, but uh, you got to hear you this. I mean, I'm not doing Jen. it any justice. No, you're not. Anyway, we were talking about that. And he goes, he goes. Oh, and you should tell Brian there is still a blockbuster left. There's two like, of them. Oh, oh, you know this. There's two of them. One's in Alaska, and one's where? Where's the? I think they're one? both in Alaska. They're both in. <laughs> I believe so. Wouldn't it be great if they're only three blocks away? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. You go to the one on the west side of town, yeah. or the one on the east side of town. <laughs> Yeah, I did, and I got it because I saw it on uh, John uh, Oliver. Uh, oh, that's what he. Yeah, that's yeah. where he saw it too. Yeah. He was like, I had oh, no was, idea. He goes, you got to tell Brian. There's a, uh, there's t- there's two. Yeah, because I think left. I made a blockbuster reference on. I've already think I've already talked about the fact that I found that, that you found that card. card, and you're like, since there are no more blockbusters left, this thing is fucked. I'm but, never getting. Even if I never use that card, I'm never getting rid of no, it. No, all you have to do is fly to Alaska, dude. Well, no, but the but first of all, what a great documentary. Just go there just you, to use that. You, you find the card. You're like, we got to find and a blockbuster. find out it's not redeemable. Then you get, you get up there. You hitchhike up there. You're beaten. <laughs> you're robbed. You get all the way up there. All you have left is the card. They're like, sorry, we don't participate. We don't, we, We're not a participating franchise. That's right. Exactly. As a matter of fact, we aren't even participating in the bankruptcy. We don't even have videos here, man. <laughs> we are strictly a front for cocaine. Ah, uh, blockbuster. I miss them in some oh, respects. Man. Yeah, I miss the old "Be Kind" rewind. I just, I just, I just miss the, the feeling like on, on a weekend night. Even when you were young, if you did it, we went with your mom or your dad, or like then you got older and you just started going with your buddies. And then when you were like dating, you went with a. It was like, but Blockbuster was there for a lot of our lives. Like we, we, and renting a movie was fun. And I will say this: almost ninety-eight percent of the time, I went into Blockbuster. I walked out of there with a piece of shit. Yeah, because they never I had what never you wanted. Wanted to see and thought sucked in, in the end anyway. Yeah, because whenever you went to the new release section, the hottest movies were always gone within like ten seconds. But I will say the funny thing about moving out here, when I went to my f- the first blockbuster I went to in L.A., I was like, holy shit! They had like 
in Illinois, the blockbuster I was going to had like the new releases was a section. They had multiple walls of new releases at this blockbuster in LA, and like they were never out of movies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. So we were, but again, we rented office space. Yeah. We rented Dazed and Confused. We rented movies we'd seen a thousand times. Yeah. That was that, that. Now that I think about that, that's insane. Like, even with comedies now that I really like, like I've seen Anchorman probably a handful of times, but like, even comedies I think are great now. Maybe the end. I guess that's not true. If it's if it's really funny, I watch it over and over again. I've seen the end a couple of times. But you know what's funny is behind you. It's funny we bring that up because behind you are all of our discs, You're, all of our DVDs. Oh, in those books, the kids that don't they don't we don't watch movies on disc anymore because you don't really have to. So that's that's that thing. There is something that is missing that experience. Yeah, the, it's, the, and, I, and here I, I'm not the old guy going. Oh, blah, blah. I'm I'm all about the future. I live in technology. Well, but my point is, there there's just what you were saying earlier. There was something about going, and the store smelled a very specific yes. way. There was there was something about that experience. When you're really young, you kind of wanted to work there. When you're in high school, you thought, yeah, I guess I could work here. And then because you could get the new releases before everybody else. Yeah, and let's be honest, that that was the perk, right? And so. also perks, high school jobs, anything you could do while you were baked was a thing that you wanted to do. Like, yeah, great. I cleaned the meat department. That was my high school. Exactly, job. It was dude. disgusting. All my no high school there. jobs uh, could have been done by a person completely high on weed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Blockbuster, man, I, I agree with you. It's like going, you know, uh, um, uh, one of the one of the things I, I got way, way back in the day was one of the first original uh, hacked Xboxes. Oh. So these what these guys were doing, now it doesn't matter anymore. You hacked it so you could put VHS tapes in it? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. So basically, the Xboxes were the first uh, video game systems that were basically a computer, so they had a hard drive in it. So what these guys were doing um, that I had met uh, they were pulling uh, the. Uh, this is just when the internet was starting to become like the internet. They were they were getting all the programs, all the old video games, all arcades, all Nintendo systems, all Atari systems, all that. Those games were being shared online, so they were collecting them all, putting them onto one hard drive, and you could go play any game, any game from any system, any arcade game. All I still have the Xbox. It's all on there, right? And then they took it one step further. They made uh, the disk drive into a copier. So what I was doing was oh. I would go and rent a video game from Blockbuster, copy, put it into my di- into my Xbox, play it once. Would would basically would I would I would copy it, put it back in, and return it. And I started doing that. And then eventually, the guy behind the counter was like, "Hey, man, um, just out of curiosity, like um, you've like rented these, like you've been here like three times today." Like, oh, you uh, would go back in the same day? Oh, you fucking idiot, <laughs> because I wanted, dude. Because I wanted to copy as many as I possibly Can't you just rent multiple games, copy them, and return them in a week's time? I like, should, well, it turns out I should, after that, because I didn't really have a good answer for it. And like, the good thing is you realize now, in hindsight, he also semi-didn't give a shit because he doesn't own Blockbuster. Yeah. He was just more kind of like... What are you doing, gonna, and how do I get a piece yeah, of that? Yeah, whatever which, it know, is. Of course, I, I'm sure I babbled in some way, shape, or form and lied about it, so he really never got the information that he wanted. But he kind of knew... It's pretty clear at this point. I was not conquering these games within an hour. Also, can I be honest? You are a shitty criminal. Like, <laughs> what in the fuck, dude? At least have the understanding that you can't just walk in and out every five minutes <laughs> renting different games and recopying. Like, Jesus, dude. I, I'm That's, not going to... I don't want to... <laughs> can I tell you a story about my brother? This That's eh. very similar to what you've done. <laughs> but he had a friend who worked at a record store 
CDs, whatever tapes. And they had these around the holiday. They had these coupons, these gift coupons. My friend figured, my brother's friend figured out a way to scam the coupons and get them to my brother. My brother came in then, and then and actually their plan wasn't that great. It was basically steal the coupons, give them out. So my brother came in, got like hundreds of dollars worth of CDs, right? And then was like, oh man. And then was, was like, hey. Then he gets a call from the from the company. They're like, hey, we we saw your application here because he was trying to work there. He's like, why don't you come on down uh, and get a and have for an interview? <laughs> and my brother walks in, sits down for the interview, and the guy just pulls out a TV with a VCR and he presses play, <laughs> and he goes, "Is this you?" And I go, "Dude, I hope you denied it." My brother goes, "I was wearing the exact same <laughs> same shirt, same leather jacket, hair pulled back in a point. It was me. Could not deny it. They were like." Um, if you bring back the CDs, we won't press charges, but you definitely can't get a fucking job here. Oh my God. And he was like, okay. And he went home and like, I remember cause I, I, I went out for the morning and I came back that afternoon and I was like, bro, where are all your fucking CDs? Cause he, cause I went in to go grab some. Cause like I just borrowed his music. He had so many, he had so much music. I was like, this is awesome. And he told me how he got it. I was like, you're an idiot, dude. That, that's not going to. That's not a thing you can keep doing. If you've done it and gotten away with it, don't go back and try to do it again. And then they caught, they'd caught, he didn't get away with it. So it was like, he had to give the CDs back. So like, he had this huge carousel, that spinning carousel that was on this dresser in his, in his bedroom. And then I went in there. the carousel down there? I went in there one day and it was just empty. I was like, oh. Well, if there's any moral to the story of, of me trying to do what I did, um, it turns out when you have a guy that, guys that give you a crack, uh, Xbox. There's no tech support on guys that oh, crack yeah, Xbox. Yeah, you so the thing, call that the, guy. It, it, it immediately failed. I never really oh. got to experience the stuff anyway. So well, there's, dude, there is there you know is what, a uh, you know you know what you can get now, and you can even make them, mis- them yourself. I don't. And everything I just told you isn't true. Uh, and he winks like the FBI is like, we got to get the video <laughs> game. The guy was copying video games from Blockbuster and <laughs> 20 years ago. Jesus. But I, I don't, I don't, I won't say who it is because I think I think these retro cherry pies are legal, right? I don't think they're illegal. What? They're, they're it's called a retro pie. I have no idea. It's, what it's literally this thing that my, uh, a, a, I'll say a friend of mine um, made. It's like a little. It's like the size of this phone, maybe thicker. It's got a ch- micro, whatever it's in there. Like the, it's soldered together, and he made it. And it, inside, you can plug this into your TV. It's got a video game, like a Nintendo type remote control, and you can play multiple game systems, multiple games like Sega Genesis, Sega okay. Game Boy, Nintendo, Super Nintendo. You can play all these games. You just got to select, and then it comes up, and you can play it so it's it's pretty it's awesome like i could way play. better than what i had is what you're saying yeah it's just more games but now because the technology is i mean that was 20 years ago this is right you we've come think about the iphone in less than 15 years yeah it has become we're five seconds away from holograms popping out of the camera and, hey help me obi-wan you're our only hope it's well like, it already exists I already, I already know some people that have seen the technology it's just it's not consumer ready yet you know like Right, so government hasn't figured out a way to no, it's not, it's, it's not a kill other one. countries with it or scam us on it. <laughs> no, I uh, uh, the, the, the one thing, the reason why I assumed that that whole concept got, got killed was because all the uh, that 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 uh, that company called Jax J A K S mm-hmm. they went in and they started creating. Uh, copy versions of the old video game systems that were all self-contained. 
and they were starting to sell them. So you could buy like a... An off-brand Atari? No, you could buy a, a Sega Genesis system that looked exactly like the one, the original one that you bought, but you no longer had to put cartridges in. It was built with oh, a little mini hard drive yes, yeah, yeah, that yeah, had yeah. everything already yes, on it. So you just turned the Nintendo, thing on. Yeah, yes. you, there was no cartridges. You can sell them in like Target and stuff like yeah, that. You can get yeah, those now. That's, so I, that, that's what this is, but it's like kind of homemade and like... Probably it's eighty bucks compared to like whatever the other thing costs. Yeah, I used to. I then I got obsessed and I started buying all those things, and now they just sit in a box and nobody plays them. I tried plugging them in upstairs for the kids to play, but they're kind of made a little cheaply. They're they're more fun to look at than they are to play. Also, the nostalgia is not there for your kids. Like they don't give a shit what a Sega Genesis used to look like. True, or, you know what I mean. They don't. They and the games they play now are literally like it looks like they're playing with. They real, just literally just claw into the TV at this point. It's insane, man. I can't even begin to. I mean, I've, I see those games. Like, the last time I really tried playing a video game was the, the James Bond game. It was, oh, a, it was okay. one of the first person shooter games yeah, to ever yeah, come yeah. out. I went, my friend Mike, he's lives in Ventura now. <laughs> he, I, was, I was visiting him in Wisconsin. He's from La Crosse. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> his buddies were like, hey, come on over, man. We'll play this. I got Bond or whatever. And he was like, oh, that'll be fun. I go, sure, man. I don't really play video games but i do take drugs and drink heavy <laughs> so uh that's what i did i got really i, I think I, I think i took some of his uh sister's like pain pills or whatever and then i, okay. I drank you on think? top of that good, i think you know what you think is what you did but. dude i i was i they, it was like a game where like five of us could play at the same time or whatever so it was crazy it was that was was great you know it was better than watching people play in the winning a turn but there was a thing you could do because it was first person, so you could see and like your gun would come up into frame, you know, whatever gun you were using. But if you lost all your weapons, all you had was a bare hand. <laughs> and with that bare hand, you could run up to people and slap them in the game. <laughs> That's all you did. But so I would lose all my I would lose all my guns and start slapping people <laughs> and immediately get shot. They would turn around and go, God damn it, and then and then shoot me. And I was Dying laughing. Like, I thought it's way more fun. I thought it was hilarious. And I wish got, you could put a handkerchief in your hand and, like, handkerchief whip them. No, just whip them with a handkerchief. Or just a glove. A pair of gloves. <laughs> yeah, 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 glove. But yeah, man, they, they, I don't think they, I will say this. I, I went through a, a stage where I didn't really care who I annoyed, but as long as I was having fun, which is it's a male stage. It, yeah. I, we've all gone through Yeah, that but I really did not male. give a shit. And I could tell. A young adult man. I could yell, I could tell pretty quick that they were like, oh, Mike, thanks for bringing your dumbass friend. Uh, get him the fuck out of here. And for what it's worth, uh, the pills I believe were Darvisset. The next day, I felt like I had been punched in the kidneys oh. repeatedly with brass Shocking. knuckles. Shocking. Was supposed to leave his house at like 9 a.m. I didn't leave till 4 in the afternoon. Shocking. And I've never really taken pills again. Shocking. I don't play those shooter games, by the way. I can't because I well, can't. Well, not anymore. That, that was... No, no, I never could. And I'll tell you <laughs> why. I can't control um, Your lust. My, my, my thumb. <laughs> So whenever I get in there, I'm either like looking at the ground or staring at the sky. I don't, I cannot, oh. I can't look straight ahead. So when my kids are like, hey, play for a second, I'm like, okay. And, oh, and, I, and I literally am running and I'm like, I can't, I don't know where I am. I'm just, I can't get my head off the ground. And then, then the next thing, you know, I'm just like, ah, like up in the sky. And then the screen goes red, which means obviously I'm You're dead. dead. You're dead. And that's it. And then they're like, okay, just get in this jet. And then I do the same thing. I fly in a jet, and I can't. I don't know where I'm going. But and I just fly in circles. And I'm like, these games are no fun. I can play Madden. Can, can I play I, baseball Madden? That's it. But I that, well, that's good. I mean, that's that's something. Anyway, and I used to play hockey like the guys did in Swingers. Dude. I used to play that Wayne Gretzky hockey and Nin do the same thing. NHL '93. Yeah, dude. Beat I, I, that part. That scene in that movie, by the way, is I love it. Yeah, 
That's it, dude. I saw that movie in college and was like, yeah, it's good. Then I moved out here. I was here for like six months and I saw it again. I was like, oh, yeah. swingers. Well, okay. I, as you know, we both kind of live near all the swingersy stuff. I live very <laughs> yeah. close to the golf course, to the Dresden, to that parking lot behind the Dresden, all that stuff's over here. Yeah, we dude. used to do comedy at the, the Derby. Uh, yeah, well, the Derby's, you know, RIP because that's a Chase Bank. It's now, a bank so, now, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I remember I went into the Rustic. Uh, three of Clubs, I believe, was in it, right? Rustic Inn, I believe, was uh, in. Yeah, I believe. If they yeah. went to the Rustic. I'm not sure if they went to Three Clubs, but it would make sense if they did. I can't remember. I haven't seen the movie for a long time. I can't remember which bar it is. It's escaped me. The one where they've got the Frank Sinatra picture in there. I've been to it, and I can't remember which bar it is. Um, it may be on, I think it's also in the set of town, but the, the, the actual bar is escaping me. Yeah. I think actually that is three of clubs. Is it three clubs? And or? maybe the bar part of three of clubs. Yeah. But I mean, I, 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 and I, I'm one of those guys that, that was one of the things, last movies I saw before I moved out here. So it had a huge impact on me. Like that will always forever have a huge impact on me. And, and I, and I'll, and for me, and I don't know if I've ever actually talked about this on the show, but um, I very, I think like in 2002, I did a thing for MTV called Kicking It Old School. It was uh-huh. a, uh, it was a, it was a pilot for the movie Old School with, uh, with Vince Vaughn and Will Ferrell. Oh, oh, that old yeah, school. Yeah, movie Old yeah, School. Yeah. And so I, I did a reality version of it where they sent me and two other guys back to college. We went to stay at a um, at a really horrible, horrible um, uh, fraternity house down in Long Beach. Oh, my God, I love it. For the weekend. Uh, I, it's out, I don't know where it is. It's hard to find, but um, it was quite an interesting thing. But anyway, that whole, th- the, the, when it was done in post, they had Vince Vaughn, um, he he did the voiceover for the whole thing because obviously that was the tide of the movie and all this stuff. And it was funny because... And they paid him um, way more than they paid you guys. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? It was reality, dude. So I got paid a reality yeah, check, right? It was a dollar, dickhead. Yeah. So I was kind of the Will Ferrell character. I think that's why they put me in this thing, right? You were Brian and the so, Tank. But I was also, at that time, I was also a comedy store guy, very frequent. And... um Vince Vaughn is is best friends with Ahmed Ahmed, who is also in this all will come full circle. Ahmed Ahmed is briefly in Swingers. They have an interaction in the movie in Swingers. Um, I believe either that's where they met or somehow or another they became friends. And as you know, Vince Vaughn started hanging out at the comedy store for a while because he did that Wild Wild West comedy tour, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Anyway, um, Vince Vaughn brought Ahmed Ahmed in when he was doing the the, uh, the voiceover for that, and Ahmed Ahmed is like, I know that dude like that because he obviously saw me in the thing, and obviously we we don't know each other anymore, but back then, yeah, knew each other through the comedy store, and I, and I remember coming back. Ahmed the would probably store. still remember you, man. He's he's man. a pretty he's like a Brody Stevens borderline guy. He always remembers somebody. I just, that, I just think he remember. I just think he. Either way, it doesn't matter. Yeah, we we'll take offense. Yeah, but I mean, he remembers me. I don't. You know, we. You know. But long story short, because that was one of the movies that inspired me when I came out there to, to have that tie with Vince Vaughn and thinking it's cool, and then and then going to the club one night to do a belly room show, and, and then Vince there. Vaughn is standing there and be able to talk to him about it and stuff like that was actually pretty cool. Yeah, so, I mean, there's like to see to me like the one thing I never I never want to go away is I always want to have an awe about where I am and what I what I do. Yeah, man. Like, cause we're, we're, we're dream pursuers and I know a lot of people dream and don't pursue them. Like, that's the one thing, like, I'm glad that I don't let that, I don't let that go away. That fascination part of it. I still get excited about that stuff. And every once in a while I will still pop in swingers and get that, that, um, 
You ever get that like feeling in your body when you're watching something? Yeah. Like, because you, you remember where you were when you saw it or wh- how, how it affected you at the time. Yeah. Like, that's kind of one of those movies that, you know, that... Yeah, Jaws. I go back to I Jaws, shit yeah. my pants and remember seeing it way too young. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I agree. I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I went to the uh, uh, Mitzi Shore memorial oh, you did? at the comedy store mm-hmm. um and i was unsure if i'd be able to get in i they had a they put out a uh, an email that was like look if you want in you reply to this and if you're not a paid it's for pay regulars and and you know i was like i don't th- this might not be and i figured it would be packed so i was like they probably just don't want extra right, people right, right. hanging out so i, I called I called Rick Ingram and Andrew Santino because I was like, maybe these guys can get me because <laughs> I really wanted to go. I not and not in in any way that was like my my intention for going was literally because what to I, network. No man, I I was literally like I, I texted Adam Egan and I was like, hey man, if I can't come to this thing, I understand, but I I did I wanted to kind of express that even though I'm not a paid regular, that club has been. I've, it's been there since I started doing comedy and it's I've seen it go up and down and now it's on the up and it just I've I've ha- it's I've I've always been able to go there and I've always been able to you know, I've never been shunned I've gotten have had some some of the best shows of my life have been there you mm-hmm. know what I mean mm-hmm. like being like having being on shows with David Spade and and then Chris Rock just being it's it, that kind of shit yeah means a lot to me and it means a lot to i know if it means a lot to me i know it means a lot to just about everybody who's ever been in there whether they're paid regulars or not so i just wanted to, i was like trying to get my point to him was please tell paulie that even though that we're, there's people out there that aren't regulars or whatever and don't have their name on the wall doesn't mean that we don't appreciate the shit out of what his mom has done even if you take all the backstory and i mean the wackiness and all that other shit but i i, I just wanted to express that you know so i I texted him and then Santino was like, dude, just get up here. And I was like, okay. So I went up and then it was not a big deal. It was all, it was red carpety. I mean, it was closed off and there was wristbands and whatever, but um, they did a real nice spread. They had food out. But then in the main room, like talking about being in awe, Santino, Andrew Santino works on the I'm Dying Up Here, which is uh, executive produced by Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey got his start essentially at the comedy store. Yeah. He was there to pay his respects to Mitzi and saw Santino and came over and started chatting him up and was just, you know, part of me was like, this is, you know, not only am I super happy for Andrew that this is like a conversation that he's just like, oh, me and Jim, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic, but also I'm like, I'm just like in awe of the whole situation. Like say what you will about Ace Ventura, but that movie that movie affected me like Naked Gun affected me. Do you know what I mean? Like that movie was so funny and so crazy and so weird and so random, but I loved every second of it. And then watching what that guy could do, like I thought he was funny on In Living Color. I thought he was funny in both the Ace Venturas. He's great in Cable Guy. That was that's Cable Guy's one of my favorite movies. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, then watching him do like the Truman Show. And and just following, it's like it's essentially like a Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks does bachelor party. He does some goofball shit, and then he's like in Philadelphia and Forrest Gump. And you're like, whoa, fuck, Tom Hanks! Like, <laughs> it was like it was that kind of like I just just to and then just to be there and have a guy be all casual with your friends about you know it 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 was cool, man. Yeah, it was really cool. And then listening to Louis Anderson was there. He got up and spoke. Jim didn't. Jim Carrey didn't get up and say anything, but. Like, uh, Paulie had the best set of the night. <laughs> um, 
but he was really funny. Dice Dice Clay was there. He got up. Uh, Louis was there, um, and then a couple of older guys who we you know we don't know because they stopped doing comedy, but they came back for this. Like it was such an important chunk of their lives that whatever they were doing, wherever they lived, whether you know they weren't. A couple of them even said like I'm not even in, I haven't been on the stage in 30 years. So that's like to draw those people out mm-hmm. who, who were probably like, fuck everybody when they left. Um, and there was just old, kind of old school references that I didn't even get. Like, so-and-so going to do a set, everyone laughs. And me and everyone in the back are like, who, what is happening? But it was like, I have to respect that because in 30 years, I'm going to be that guy that no one gives a shit about their right. stories and like it won't matter. And in the long run, none of it really means anything except for what we make it but yeah. I, to me that was important and, and just sticking with what you were saying about the awe of like kind of never losing that I remember feeling that night like oh this is part partly why I I, I stay in Los Angeles like this is I want to say it's what brought me out here but I don't I didn't know that that existed I didn't know I was even going to do stand up when I moved out here so I can't say that for sure but like it's definitely what I love about it and what part like a big chunk of what I love about it at least and and just being out here and 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 having other people and just being knowing other people involved in that kind of stuff and just being around it is fun. Yeah, I agree. Look, I th- again, sometimes you have to just take a step back occasionally and like look at your life and be like, all right, is it all for shit or can I can I actually not to say have an autobody experience? But you know what I'm saying? Like, look at yourself. Step outside of yourself for a second. Look at your life's journey, no matter what you do in your life. Not just me and you and, and living in this in this city, but like just in general. Like every once in a while, I have to do an assessment. I have to stop for a second, remove myself and look at, okay, where have I been? What have I done? What's my body of life work? Should I really be bitching and complaining about as much as I am? Or should I appreciate all these little benchmarks in there? My family and my wife, my kids included, like all those things, you know, and also looking at it and going, like for me, when I moved out here, I was a year into stand-up comedy, and I was a, I, I got to be honest with you, I was, and I think a lot of us are, I was ignorant, stupid, and it was probably the best thing in my life was to be ignorant and stupid and just go, well, I'm going to go out there and do that then, because that's Dude, what if that's... if you were grounded in a reality at that point, you wouldn't, you yeah. would have walked, you would have t- walked into an open mic and gone, fuck, I'm out. Yeah. See ya. Yeah, and, and remembering, again, never forgetting that, you know, that, that first time of doing comedy in Los Angeles, you know. Um, and saying, what am I doing? This has been a big mistake. And then, and fighting through it. And then eventually looking back on my life now and saying, you know, yeah, I've it has been, been a big mistake. <laughs> I've, yeah. Well, yeah. But even though it was, I still got on stage every single stage in Los Angeles and perform stand-up comedy. And not everybody can say that. And yeah. so like for me and, and did it and, and, and be very clear, I didn't stink up the joint. I actually have been on every stage in Los Angeles and have done it successfully. Got at I've least gotten one the laughs. Yeah, at exactly. least one That's laugh what I deem per show. Yeah, I got hey. one clap. One clap. Okay, I've had silence Half clap. before. Well, no, I've had plenty of silence too, but my point is I can at least look back on it and go, all right, you know what? Wherever this lands, I got that. Made a movie. By the way, just to finish another film that's in a film festival we'll talk about on the way out the door here. Nice. Because this will air before it actually um, screens. So yeah. there's that part of it too. Because even that, like, as a fact, I'll just bring it up now. Like, I, 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 um, I produced and directed uh, a short film with uh, Peter Sprite, former, and Sally Brooks, former, both former guests on this show. Uh, we got together and, and made a film um, that is in uh, Dances with Film Festival. 
Uh, and my movie, a movie mm. with my name on it that I directed, that I'm proud of, is actually going to be playing on the screen at a place where one of your movies did, yeah. which was the Chinese, Chinese Theater. theater. And, I, and, and you think about that, like your big fucking noggin was on one of the most famous, it was playing at one of the most famous, worldwide. We all know what that place is before you move here. Yeah, it's, it's the it's, hands that's the, the sidewalk, hands the, That's it. Forever. Yeah. We'll be, forever. You've, those, you've been seeing those black and white newsreels yeah. since you were like a wee lad. And it, and it wasn't until I was talking to, again, this is that removal. I was talking with my wife about it, and she's like, dude, that's really cool. And I was like, oh, yeah. You know what? Actually, because I was so caught up in so many other things. I think I was coaching my kids in baseball and football and playoffs, and like I was, my also head was in really a different cool. place. Also really cool. But you know what I'm saying? Like I was a little distracted, and it really hadn't hit me yet that I was like, no, I created something that I'm proud of, and I'm working in this business, and it's and it's being acknowledged. It's being recognized, and it's being displayed at a pretty amazing place. Like, it's just that kind of stuff you kind of go, all right, slow your roll, Captain. It ain't all bad in life. You know what I mean? When is that film festival? Because June 12th. Oh, that's when you're showing? That's, it's showing on June 12th, yeah. Okay. I'll have to come out. The stuff I... only, everybody's stuff only plays for one day. It's on June 12th. I, I'm, I haven't been active on the, the interwebs, but I will, uh, I'll post that stuff up. We'll make sure it's on Hollywood Anonymous. It's not saying that anybody's going to be around, but if you are and you want to go to it, oh. it will sell out fast. It is already selling out pretty quick, so... Um, I don't know how it's li- it's limited tickets. So, but um, Matt, I'm pretty stoked about it. Matt Schuler has a movie in uh, in there as well. Oh, awesome! He's doing with uh, well Shane Moss. Um, I remember that dude. Yeah, it's uh, he did a it's a psych it's a it's called Psychonaut Nautics. It's about uh, Shane takes all the psychedelics. Oh, good. And uh, for real, yeah, talks about he talks oh. about it, talks about it on stage and yeah. So is it is it a Fictional or is it a it's documentary? A doc- it's a documentary. Oh, okay. A documentary. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just LSD, you know, DMT, whatever. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that as well. So I'm gonna see that. I just that's why I just learned about the Dances with Films Festival. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a great festival. It's one of the bigger ones in the city now. So um, um, I'm actually stoked that we uh, that we got in. And so my Death Co. That thing I did mm-hmm. when I'm the Grim Reaper. You can find online. It's on uh, YouTube and Vimeo. But that was entered as a um, short film in the New York comedy or new york pop-up film festival or whatever okay and that one best yeah best short or whatever nice so that's good we're gonna be making more of those shortly let's see uh, you know what i'm saying like that like yeah dude. i know it sounds weird because it sounds like we're having a little bragathon right now it's, but no, it's just like I'm actually trying we're to participating watch. we're participating and we and we're excited about it like these these things i you think know? if you just i think the key thing to understand about anything you do is to enjoy it so if you're working on stuff that you enjoy and that you feel is worthwhile then that stuff will find a home and if that doesn't find a home, then the next thing you do that you work on that is that you care about will find. If you just keep working on projects that you really, really care about, I know we all have to take jobs. Like I've worked on several TV shows that I don't care, you know, set them on fire and and throw them into the ocean. But, right. But that is also keeping me keeping my production skills honed uh, and uh, and just keeping you know food on the table so that we I can continue to pursue projects I actually care about. So it's like, I understand a lot of people have to do, we all have to do stuff we're not necessarily keen on to keep doing the things we love, but I think that's part of it. Uh, I was working on infomercials when this 
project was presented to me. So I'm I, so I kind of tear yourself away <laughs> from the infomercials. <laughs> oh my god, those things! I don't. I, you know, it was kind of funny working on infomercials. It really is because it's just so they're ridiculous. It, they are ridiculous. I mean, look, it's you know, I have a I have a, a skill set from all the years of editing and shooting and and doing all that stuff and producing. So. You're just going through the motions. The, the the creativity is not really there because you know you kind of have to hit marks. So this movie was actually, it was it was great. It was finally like, okay, good, getting back in it. Making movies, just so everybody understands, you're not making movies every day. There are long, when you're in filmmaking, unlike television, there are massive gaps. Yeah. Massive gaps in between projects. Specifically because of post-production and marketing and releases and all that kind of stuff. You can And you can be developing stuff that whole time, but development in itself takes a long time. It's not actual like on-set creation, action-driven stuff. So there's these long gaps. So it's like when you finally get back in there, it's like, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's very welcoming, you know? But the funny thing is like last night, uh, I, I screened it for the family on the big screen and because uh, we, the, it's completely done and ready to go and fully mastered, and and um, I knew I had done something right for once because my wife knew nothing about it, watched it, and actually laughed out loud. Whoa! My wife almost laughs out loud at nothing I do. Sure. So I she actually fun. <laughs> I literally, well, me, she laughs out loud all the time, but not at what I do. Not at your comedy. Yeah, not at me. If I do things on accident, like fall or hurt myself, <laughs> or get, or get, your wife or get, is a baby, or get or, or get mocked by my children, she then laughs. yes, she of laughs course, out loud. Of course. But if it's if it's we all laugh out loud at that. Brian. If it's designed by me, the answer right, is no. Right. Uh, but my comedy was just good enough to get her, so I'm totally fine. I won. The uh, um. Uh, but anyway, so but the funny thing is, I let the kids watch it because it's not it's not like a rated R film or anything like that. And uh, without getting into too many details about the film, because it is a comedy, but it's a it's a bait switch 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 switch. I think Whoa, you know, right. there's a lot of switches in it, which makes it which makes the payoff amazing. That's what I loved about the the script in the first place is all the switches. But in there, there's some texting, right? And there's a character. So I love about my youngest son. He's eight. Elliot. He says. He watches it, and there's this scene where the one character texts another character and says, do you want to sext? So I was like, whatever. I just figured like it was a part of a series of texts. So I thought, it's not a big deal. He's, he, he, what is he going to care? You know, If he's paying attention to the film, there's, there's bigger things to, t- to pay attention to. The movie's over, and he was like, because the payoff is, it's a really good payoff. So he was like pretty amped. He like actually got it. He got the payoff. He dug it. And he was really amped. And he's like, yeah, that was cool. Man, you got me. He's like, but can I just point out one mistake you made in the movie? You misspelled text. He goes, you misspelled text. You spelled it S-E-X-T. It's T-E-X-T, Dad. You should probably change that. And then he walked out of the room. And my wife doubled down laughing on that one. And I was like. That's awesome. And then I was just like, thanks, buddy. Thanks for letting me know where we. Oh, uh, good call. Good call. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> good, 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 good. You Quality control, text. buddy. Thank you. <laughs> so anyway, it's called Someone You Know, uh, and it'll be at uh, Dances with Films on uh, on June twelfth. If you're in the uh, Hollywood area, stop by the. Is it Grauman's or Man's Chinese it's Theater? It's called now? the TLC. Now it's not even Chinese one, Theater. Either way, the Chinese Theater. Yeah, the famous one on yeah. Hollywood oh, Boulevard. Oh, the big red really top. It's really all You'll be in a side theater. I will be. Or will it be in the main theater? No, no, no. no. I, I don't think they're doing any. I think features will probably be, because this is a short, right. so I think the feature... Oh, yeah, you'll be with a bunch of other shorts yeah, probably, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, otherwise, could you imagine going all the way down there for... Just paid 15 bucks, I walked in, sat down for three minutes, and now i got to get out of here. <laughs> there uh, is a short. I, I was reading in last year's um, 
uh, book booklet on it, and somebody was in there with their shirt was one minute, and which is fine. Not really. Well, no, it's fine because it's lumped into a bunch of other ones. But I was just like, what are they? What, what's going on in that one minute? You got to be a pretty precise storyteller to get a point across in one minute <laughs> and get accepted. Have me excited. And, like, and be going, this, this is, is the good. best one minute delivery. We like the twist at the end. That's it was pretty good. The twist was it ended in one minute's time. <laughs> what? It's just credits. It's just opening credits and then it ends. The movie's called Credits. Uh, by the way, a couple things real quick. Uh, um, <clears throat> Uh, we've gotten a lot of uh, great feedback on the Garrett Morris and the Louise Post um, yeah. uh, podcasts. Uh, so if you are new to us, if you're a Veruca Salt fan that has found us, we, we thank you for uh, listening. If you are a uh, Garrett Morris fan, thank you so much for listening. Those Both of them were uh, tremendous. Those were great. Those are great uh, shows. I love doing great those. Great shows, yeah. having those guys on. Yeah. We never, and it, the only regret that I have, and actually this goes for both of them, but I'm going to just specifically refer to Garrett. It got really hard, and you and I talked about this after that show. It's just so much of his life that we just can't get to, and it's yeah. just like I'll never. He's like a ten-part miniseries. Yeah, and I just, you know, I mean, I don't know if we'll ever be able to get him back in here, but you know, it's just like it's one of those ones that the minute because you know we've had other we've had other two episode things. Yeah. One was out of guilt because we wrecked it for Hayes Hargrove, right. and, like, <laughs> right. and then I got a divorce. I'm like, well, I'm the out of time, end. so sorry about your crappy life, Hayes, but you know. <laughs> Um, but no, it's it's just having having somebody like that here and and being on that time limit when you're just like you're letting so many things go in passing and you know that there's so much more to those stories. I just hope whether it's us or a documentarian, I just hope somebody is out there that's going to get that full story of that guy. Yeah, holy he, crap, he, he really is a guy that I feel there should be uh, a two part documentary on. Do you know what I mean? Like that's just a very and and there there are very, there are a lot of similarities. I know it sounds silly, but 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 how he was toward near the beginning of his career, and how how I am sometimes, just in the sense that um, you know you got to go, you have to be out, you have to go out. And if you don't like, if you're really introverted, like I don't want, I, it's uncomfortable to be out in public all the time, and it's uncomfortable to have to make small talk or like find someone to talk to in a crowd. You know what I mean? It's like. It's hard sometimes, and I know it's. I'm trying to get better at it, and I think I am getting better at it in the sense that, like, I try a little bit harder now, you know. But dude, but that's like these film festivals are very hard for me, and especially now, like when you know, I went to a couple with Fixed, and as a producer, that's kind of part of your job when you go to these festivals is go to these social functions and talk and, up your movie and and, talk it's, and and it's not that I'm not proud of the product; it's very. I, I'm, I'm. There's parts of me that are very similar to you, and like, and I'm, and, and I'm. Go, I, I have to work myself up to this going to this film festival because there are things that are going to require that, and I understand that, and I respect that. Sure. And it's, and it's like that's why you have to respect those people that that that's in them, and they can do that, and they can master those rooms, and it actually it weighs in their in their favor, and they get a lot out of it, and bravo to them. And, but it's 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 not easy for everybody. It's very well, no. it's, it's hard for a lot of people to muster up that energy. And 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 work those rooms. But there's also a there's also, and um, there's also everybody's trying to sell each other at the same time. So if, well, a lot of that's the, being with, with with like yeah with functions like that. Yeah, I can usually get, I'm up for stuff like that. I'm okay with stuff like that. Um, but when I'm talking about like going out at night, you know, just to go to a club, even if you don't have a spot or whatever, or yeah. hang out and just to kind of be out and 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 be around. But I think there's two there's two types of people are like people like me who I'm comfortable alone. 
I'm comfortable at home. I like my wife. We get along. If she's home and I'm home, it's okay. You just downgrade your love to like. We watch. No, no. Oh, okay. we, we 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 can watch TV together or not, whatever. But like, I'm comfortable staying home. There are some people who are not, who have to be out, who who aren't comfortable being alone, and like. There's got to be a fine line in there somewhere, like a medium point where you can like go out. I, I try to go out sometimes and not be a shut in, <clears throat> but it's hard for me if I don't have a spot. My motivation to go out isn't really right. You know, somebody's birthday party at some bar in the valley isn't gonna. Do it <laughs> well, I think everybody gets. I don't get invited to anything anymore unless it's a kids related thing. So then I'm like literally, a, I'm a, I'm a byproduct. Basically, I'm a delivery yeah. man at yeah. that point. I'm exactly. Uber. Lift, whoever you want to call Dad it. Dad lift. Uh, in closing, as far as I, wow. a, a funny thing of like, again, the whole concept of Hollywood Anonymous and being Hollywood adjacent. So I'm in the softball league, which by the way, um, a, a lot of guys signed up for it. I didn't even want to initially be on the team. Hadn't played in a long time. Last time I played full-time was on a softball team with you. That's got to be going damn near a decade ago, it feels no, like. like four, feels like four or five years, maybe. Anyway, <clears throat> used to play all the time. Anyway, so I get on this team. I found my stroke. I'm back in the game. Things are going well. A lot of the guys on there work in different levels of the industry, whatever. So a lot of them miss games from time to time. We have like 15 guys on the team. And then all of a sudden, not enough guys were coming. So I had to do an, I had to do an all-call. And I got, I managed to get Nate Cordry to come for one game. Oh, and this yeah. is, and so here's the thing. This is the thing that I've told every single guy that I have asked to come and play. I'm like, look, it's, it's a dude league. It's not like an 18-year-old dude league. It's, it's guys that have got it figured out in life. There's some talent, but dudes ain't diving. Guys aren't trying to slide into second bait. They're not trying to kill themselves because they got to go to work tomorrow, okay? So I'm just letting you know... You don't need to, just because you're showing up to be a day player, don't come light, in here. jogging. Yeah. Don't come in here and think you got to play up, okay? Because when was the last time you played ball? Sure as shit. I've had, I've brought four guys in, Nate being the first one, and that motherfucker by the second inning was running around like Bill Buckner out in right field with the limp because he had pulled the leg muscle because he overdid it within the, on his first hit. He tried to run and then stop very quickly, and that was it. Has never played again. And two other guys, same thing. Dive, slid. One guy, literally, I showed up because I was late and I was just going to go watch the game. And he's on the bench and he's pissed because he hurt himself. And he just got up and left. When I got there, they're like, okay, you can replace him. <laughs> and I, I was like, I called him later. I'm like, dude, are you mad at me because you hurt yourself? Because I warned you. Like the, you're you're not at that. You, I, it's funny that you have to you have to tell guys you're at a certain age, man. Chill, dude. It's not worth it. But a lot of guys when they get back in that first time, they forget. It's like no. But the, what I wanted to tell you was that one of the funniest things on our team because of where we live is, and this is going to go over a lot of people's head. But if you were a David Letterman fan, there's a guy that's on my baseball team, and he was a regular on Letterman, and he was known as the batting stance guy. And you probably see him if you go to if you go to um, Twitter. He's all over Twitter, and all, what he does is he can mimic. He's very well known in the MLB, and he mimics everybody's batting stances. So basically, I play with this guy that every time he's up to bat, I can sit on the sidelines and shout out for entertainment. Cal Ripken, whoever I want yeah. him to bat like, Ryan and he can Sandberg, and he can bat both ways. So he can bat righty and lefty. So oh, that's go, awesome. He will go up and do whatever guy you asked. Wow. For him to do. 
And I think he had a home run. This is going to be an obscure reference to almost everybody that's listening, but I yelled Ben Ogilvy, and he went up like immediately adjusted into a Ben Ogilvy, who was a early 1980s Milwaukee brewer. Say, and he went up there like and he brewer. crushed, and he was a home runner. And then he literally crushed a home run with batting his Ben Ogilvy. And it was fucking hilarious. There's something to that. That's interesting. <laughs> I like that. Anyway, so that's the kind of weird stuff that you can get out here that I appreciate. Yeah, I played softball with Nuno Bentoncourt once. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but... He's a guitarist for Extreme. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, and I know we're wrapping it up, but I wanted to say one... Uh, not to end on a complete bummer, but... Uh, but you will. About two weeks ago, a kid, a guy I've known since middle school, uh, killed himself. And um, there was... He was a father. He had a wife. He had two. Has two daughters. I mean, it's uh, it's super tragic, and it devastated. I think a lot of people. And I just I, I feel like what I what I all I've really learned is that he was getting depressed, and he went on meds, and then shortly after that, this happened. So this is a guy who is not someone you would think would do something like that, and I think. When I'm like, I guess my point is like, if you are like back in the day, they used to be like, got dudes went through midlife crisis. Like, we, oh, he look, he's buying a Corvette. Look, he's banging his secretary. Look, and I'm not saying any of these things are good, but like, you have a chance to grow out of that. Um, I, I'm I'm not I'm not super keen on a lot of these depression medications, only because some of the side effects are suicidal thoughts, which I think is fucking insane. But I, I'm not going to say that I don't think they work for some people. You know what I mean? I'm not denouncing medicine. But I just think there has to be... People need to look more into themselves before they start going on these meds. And also, it's okay to be depressed. It's okay to to think everything is fucked. It's okay to, to not be okay, you know? Um, you just need to talk to someone about it because... the. The alternative is not, that's too permanent, and it doesn't do anybody any good, you know? I mean, you just leave a mess in the process. So if, if for any reason you are suicidal or you know someone who might be, but also know that this isn't, like this dude wasn't a guy, if I had to list 3,000 people right now that I thought would kill themselves tomorrow, he would have never been on that list, ever. So you just never know who's feeling like shit. But uh, the number for like the suicide prevention hotline is an 800 number, and it's 800-273-8255. So if you take that down, you can look it up online. I mean, there's plenty of people to talk to. If you don't want to talk to your friends, which I completely get, you don't want to spill all your problems onto people that you're close with because it's either going to come off weird or then you feel like a burden, and I get it. Like, I understand that. But you're not a burden. People give a shit. Whether you can see that now or not, you still, you need to talk to somebody and figure out why you're not feeling feeling well. And that's all I got to say. Well, wouldn't you agree that it also goes on the, on the flip side of that? And, 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 you're, and you're right. And, and if, you, if you feel this way, please reach out to someone, anyone. But that's that thing is is we all go and, and I, I appreciate the fact that you say it's like it's it's normal to feel depressed. It's normal it's to be down on yourself. Normal. It's normal to go through all these processes. But kind of what we talked about earlier, sometimes you have to step outside yourself for a second and find the good things that happen in your life 
and look at those things one more time. Assess those things one more time. And you, a lot of times you will see, and I cannot speak for anybody. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that your life was rosy, but the point is you probably, I guarantee you, if you step outside of it, you can find those moments where joy was in your life and you got to try to gravitate towards those things. That's, that's what keeps us going is those moments because life ain't perfect, right? So it's just like, you know, it, like John said, it's okay to embrace um, the, the, the sadness that's understandable. It's, it's, it's human to do those things, but then, then what, what's next? And it's like, whether it's trying to find the happiness in it or reaching out to someone who can guide you, that's the most important thing is, uh, is what John was talking about, which is, which is please, you know, reach out to somebody cause it's stuff like that. that John's talking about, uh, no one wants to see you go. No one wants to see you go. So thanks for that, John. Yeah, and sorry to end on such a sh- no. It's no, it's it's not a shitty thing. I mean, it is a shitty thing yeah. for that person and that family and anybody that was close to them. But out of that should be should should come. You know, maybe there's a moment right here where somebody was listening and had no idea that uh, um, there's there's there is. A, you just never know who you're talking to. I guess what yeah. I'm saying. So there's nothing. Which what I think it's always we should always be talking about honest and real stuff like that. So I wouldn't sweat it. Cool. See you guys on the next one. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe.